talking Rosh Hashanah today, or Rosh Hashanah. And uh, before we jump into the prophetic side of things and dig into the numbers, which is fascinating to get you ready for the next year, give you one more look at the, the Jewishness of this feast and how does that, you know, as Christians, how do we relate and, you know, how does this connect? And I think it's probably kind of cool. The end times perspective for the Jews and Christians are have some amazing overlap, even though they're distinctly different, they're amazingly connected, too. All of the end times events were written about by Old Testament prophets. So the Jews have traditions or belief about how it plays out just like Christians do. The Feast of Trumpets or Yom Teruah is seen as a day of judgment. One of the days of judgment, as is the Day of Atonement. It's when God evaluates our deeds to determine whether he'll write our name in the book of life or the book of death for the coming year. According to Jewish tradition, three books are open before God in heaven. All right, mm. this is theirs. One book is for the absolutely wicked. We all know some of those. Second book for the perfectly righteous. Never met any of those. The third book is for those who aren't perfectly evil or perfectly good. Mm. So you get three books. Now, I said I don't know anybody for the perfectly righteous, but technically, as Christians, we, we actually do. So they believe people then have 10 days in awe of awe to do good deeds to merit being placed in the book of life for the coming year. Obviously, you don't get that kind of a deal. But compare that with the book of Revelation. The wicked are destroyed as Jesus treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God. The millennium kicks off. Satan is bound. The martyrs are raised in the first resurrection to rule with Jesus. And if you have Jesus, he's forgiven, so you are perfect. He has made you holy as he is holy. So you are that second group. Everybody else waits for the second resurrection. And this is where a lot of folks, when you get to end time stuff, a little confusing, but in both scenarios, the wicked are destroyed by God's judgment, and the perfectly righteous, in our case, the martyrs in Revelation, receive special award. It's this other group that's really interesting. Those who aren't perfectly evil or perfectly good. Well, the Jews believe they have 10 days to repent. Prophetic scriptures clearly say that non-martyrs will be on the earth during the millennium. That's those who have not taken the mark of the beast. The motivation may not be to choose Jesus, but they still refuse the mark. Most of these likely will be destroyed in the last battle, but for the millennium, they'll be here. The average righteous, the non-martyrs, are sleeping, likely in paradise, but not on the earth during the millennium. That's one particular take. We're invited to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets to make sure we are ready. So that's why we're talking about it today. Leviticus 23. These are the feasts, appointments of the Lord, holy convocations, or, if you will, dress rehearsals. So you'll proclaim at their appointed times or their appointments. So just like you, if you're buying something new, you have to make an appointment to go get your car or your truck taken care of. Same kind of thing that's what these feasts are for. Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, also known as Yom Teruah, literally means the day of blowing or sounding of the shofar. So this is the day when the shofar is blown during the service 100 times. They got those three different sounds, three times each for a total of nine blasts. So this series of patterns is repeated 11 times for a total of 99 blasts. And then the 100th blast set apart. This is the blast known as the last trump. 
where we get the rapture concept from. Leviticus 23, speak to the children of Israel, saying in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you'll say, I'll have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing the trumpets, a holy convocation. Now, uh, there's no particular background to where they get the 99 or the 100th trumpet from. That's just tradition. The Hebrew word for blowing of trumpets is teruah, which is a battle cry, especially the clangor of trumpets as an alarm. And take that thought now. First Thessalonians. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, a trumpet, same, same word, with the voice of the archangel, for the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And that is uh, referencing Psalm 47, which says this, God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. And the Hebrew word for shout here is teruah, same word for uh, the shofar. It's not a man-made trumpet or its sound. Neither one of those are man-made. So that's when they're referencing that in Psalm 47. It's where God gets involved. Uh, Psalm 89, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. I like that, a joyful sound. Here the Hebrew word for shofar or sound is also teruah, which is why we want to hear and be able to know and discern the sound of the shofar, ayam teruah. You don't want to be frightened of the sound. You want it to be a joyful sound because you know he's coming to get you. A thief in the night. We have that concept, right? First Thessalonians 5, the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, like suddenly. And they shall not escape, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You're all sons of light and sons of the day. So I want you to think about that, those verses right there. Who's getting taken away? Who's getting stolen? It's the alive church on fire for him. To those who are serving, loving, and wise, he's coming to get the bride of Christ. Now, who's the thief leaving behind for judgment? The dead church, the lukewarm church, mm. the evil servant, the foolish virgins, and those living in darkness. That, that ought to be a trumpet call for you. Just that one verse. Rosh Hashanah begins what is known as the 10 days of awe until Yom Kippur, the day of uh, judgment or Yom Kippur. We know God will judge every man, woman, and child for every word, every thought, and every deed they've had. No one will miss their divine appointment because it's all these dress rehearsals. He's not playing. The day is going to come. So coming up. We're going to look at pay, which was the 5780 of this year. And we're going to combine pay and LF. We're going to look at LF, then put them together and begin to take a look at the prophetic aspects for the rest of the time. Awesome. I love what you said about us being perfectly righteous now because of the mm. blood of Jesus. That yeah. now you're not just in a, a book, but that's just how he sees you here and now and forever, you know, in his blood and in his redemption. And so if you need prayer this morning as well, or if you've never received salvation, you're listening to this and you're like, I want to make sure that I'm walking, you know, in all that God has and all that God is. We want to pray for you. So you can message us through victory.radio. Just click on that contact link when you get there. Or you can message us through our Facebook, and we will all see that and all of our announcers. You know, we love to take the time to really message you back and really pray with you. Go ahead and take a moment and pray. Let's just pray for the salvation of those who are uh, that God's been speaking to for this first hour. And let's see as uh, God begins, because he, he wants to, for you to hear his voice like that trumpet sound. And for it to be a joyful sound, mm. and he wants to be so much closer than the best friend. God, we want to make sure 
that we're not still living in shame, that we're not still living in condemnation and accusations. And we know that through salvation, you remove all of that, but we still have a very real enemy that's trying to discourage us, that's trying to tempt us, that's trying to, you know, make us walk in complacency. And so we just pray that you would just show us any area in our heart and our life where maybe we haven't really received all that you have, all that you are, that we make that decision today not to keep living empty, not to keep living without you in, in those places, that we would invite you and your Holy Spirit to come and actually fill every part of our life, that nothing would be off limit from you. Show us what we really haven't given you, what we really haven't laid down at your feet. And we just thank you that you want us to have this perfect righteousness that you display through Jesus, the righteousness that's available for us to have to put on through salvation that, you know, now we are completely transformed inside and out, no matter what our past has been, no matter where we're at today, that you're ready to redeem and restore everything. That there's not a single thing that you don't want to touch. There's not a single thing that you don't want to minister to. You're ready, you're willing, you're able to rescue and to do so much more than maybe we even realize. You are all powerful. You are able to change anything. You're able to change anyone. We want to make sure that we're walking in this and that we're sharing this, the good news of the gospel, that we're made perfectly righteous now. And we don't have an enemy that has a stronghold on our lives anymore. We have an enemy, but there's no more strongholds. There's no more chains attached. There's no more lies believed. You've removed all that once and for all. So help us to live like that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.